You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Well, Familia, how many of us have done that bro handshake with other people out there, right? We see guys doing this, but do you guys see ladies out there doing the bro handshake sometimes? What about men and women doing the bro handshake, right? Well, shaking hands is like saying, what's up, bro? You know, how you been doing? Dude, it's good to see you. It's also like saying, I got you, man. Let's make an agreement on this. Let's agree. Let's shake on it. Could it be that perhaps... We have been shaking hands with Satan and his demons sometimes. Maybe not literally, but by what we think and how we think. Hold on to that thought, because we're going to think about our thinking today. So stay with us as we learn and declare to make no agreements. So there is something set against us. We are at war. And this war, this war has been going on way longer than the longest war in human history. The longest war in human history was the Reconquista, and it happened in Spain in 18, no, in 801 AD to 1492 AD, the longest war in human history. But there's a war that's been happening even longer than that since creation, and it's a spiritual war. It's a war where rockets are aimed directly at us at the command center, our brain, our thinking. And so this war has been going on quite a long time. And it's a war that not only affects our spirituality, but affects our emotional and physical health as well. So what are we going to do? You know, Pastor Doug has mentioned to remove the blindfolds. That was last week. The week before, no spin zone, right? And so we want to continue in this series regarding spiritual warfare. And he's been leading us in a prayer against spiritual warfare. You can scan this QR code and join us in praying that prayer. It's also posted on the doors in certain areas of our church. But yes, spiritual warfare is very real It's a war against God, against Christ, against us. And it's been going on way longer than 800 years. Have you ever thought about why is Bible language sometimes so grand and dramatic? Right? Check out some of these verses. I will go before you and I will level the mountains. I will break gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasure of darkness. Riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. So God is willing to bulldoze some mountains. But sometimes, Lord, I just need you to pave a little path through some trees to give me some peace through my chaotic week. Or Lord, I just need you to help me because my back is killing me and I'm having a hard time putting on my pantalones today. Yes, he's willing to do even more great, awesome things. Check out this other verse. It says, 
Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. It sounds epic. You know, I agree with Christian author and Christian counselor, um, John Eldred's, in his book, He says it's more than poetic language in his book called Waking the Dead, The Secret to a Heart Fully Alive. The secret, he says, is connected to knowing and living every single day that we are in a spiritual battle. We are in a spiritual battle every day. And it's epic. It's a great war that's happening. When I think of like epic wars, I think of a scene from like Lord of the Rings where Gandalf, Gandalf the White is coming with the sun and is facing down at the enemy, coming down that mountain, the helm's deep. It's grander than that. And it's occurring right here inside our minds, inside the silence of our minds. Okay, maybe in this mind it's not so silent because I have tinnitus and I hear ringing in my ear. And sometimes... And I know some of you guys are thinking other things right now. I know some of you might maybe even have like a little reggaeton music going on inside. I mean, like, what's up with that? Can you hear it? Yeah, stuff going on inside our minds. It's a fierce battle. Fierce battle. So 10 years ago, I got on this journey to become a chaplain hospice chaplain to be specific. And during that time, I heard thoughts like this. Who do you think you are trying to be a chaplain? If people knew what you've done in your life, they wouldn't want you chaplaining on them. And then I started working here at church, like giving messages up here. And I was thinking, I hear, who do you think you are? You're not a preacher. You, you're not a good speaker at all. You suck. Going in on in there. And check this out. About four years ago that I started working here, I heard, I heard other thoughts. And, I, and they wanted to give me a title. And I was like, I don't want the title pastor in my title because I didn't even feel like I was a pastor. Where does that come from? That is the enemy right there. I'm here to tell you that I am a pastor, I am a chaplain, and I will make no agreements. I will make no agreements with Satan. I will not shake his, shake his hand and say I'm something else. I will make no agreements, and that's going to be our main idea, and I want you guys to make that declaration, but I want to do it in a particular way. I want to do it like we're in a fierce battle, and we're going to say one word at a time. Are y'all ready? That's when I point to you. I will make no agreements. Let me hear you. Ready? I will make no agreements. Ah! Let me hear some of that. Let me hear now. Yeah. All right. You're taking me into like a gladiator scene now. So. But yes, we are in a spiritual battle. It is epic. It's happening right now. It happens every single day. So what do we do? 
How do we join in this battle? I want to ask you to consider making or taking an inventory of your thoughts. Have you ever considered taking an inventory of your thoughts? Now, what is it that you say about yourself maybe every single morning that does not align with what God thinks of you? Do you get up in the morning, go to the mirror, look at yourself, and you say stuff like, man, I'm a, I'm a walrus with this crusty stuff on the side of my face. Do you say, I am a mess? Say it enough times, you may begin to believe it. And that's what the enemy wants. The enemy is affecting our thinking. I want to share something with you guys, some quotes from some of our staff. And by, by sharing this stuff, I want to let you know that we too, I am subject to this battle. All of us are. Check out what Jake Crawford said. I was parked behind, he was parked behind me back here in the theater and was blocking me out. He apologized to me, said, I am the worst. I'm like, Jake, that's a little harsh. Pastor Pedro used to think, I am a nobody and nobodies don't have good things happen to them. And if they do, they don't last. Priscilla Rodriguez used to think, I am so bad with names. I am not pretty. I am depressed. Pastor Doug used to say, I am defeated. My wife, while she's not staffed, she's back there working right now in the production booth. She's putting on the slides that you see behind me. My wife has told me, I am not pastor's wife material. And I myself have struggled with thoughts like, I am always going to struggle with lust. It's a man thing. What about you? What are you struggling with? What thought continues to plague you every day? Maybe you're saying, I'm not enough. I'm not very smart. I am never going to be complete. What do you think? We together as a church need to realize the intensity and immensity of this battle. We need to think about our thinking. Satan directing the missiles directly at us here at what we think. And the battle is epic. What would happen? What would happen if we changed the way we thought about ourselves, especially, especially ourselves. You know, Pastor Doug on this particular series of spiritual warfare has quoted a verse. I'm not going to put it on the screen. I'm just read it to you. It says a thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus was a person who said those words. He believed in spiritual warfare affecting our emotional and physical selves, not only our spirituality. And he said, I came right after he said that, he said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. 
I believe that if we work on our thinking, inventory our thoughts, that we too will have what God is promising. Yes, we believe in Christ and we'll have eternal life, but he wants us to have life now, have it abundantly now. It's a good thing. So how do we engage in this battle? How do we keep Satan and his demons to stop stealing and killing and destroying? How do we grab a hold of that promise? I think there are many ways, but I'll just submit to you one way. Make no agreements. Stop thinking negatively about yourself. Think instead on things like these. If you guys would go ahead and stand up, I want to read today's key scripture that says, Finally, familia, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Before you guys sit down, turn to someone next to you and give them one of those bro handshakes and say, make no agreements. Be careful if you're around Jason Fernandez. He'll squeeze, a, he'll squeeze you with that bro hug. Might squeeze a demon out of you. You guys go ahead and sit down. Have a little fun. You guys go ahead and sit down. I told you you're going to see some ladies do that bro handshake. <laughs> Make no agreements. You know, in preparation for this message, besides rereading that book, uh, Waking the Dead by John Eldridge, I read another book. And I recommend it to you. It's a book called Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle. And he says this in there. He says, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think shapes who we are. And it reminded me of a particular proverb that I know some of you have heard. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How many of us have heard that before, right? How many of us really believe that and consider our thinking? It's good. To consider our thinking, what we think in our heart. You know, it's kind of interesting that that key scripture I just read a while ago, the Apostle Paul said of himself that I am the worst of sinners. Paul himself struggled. If you want to read about that struggle, you can turn over to Romans chapter 8. It's going to talk about that a little bit in there. I am the worst of sinners, is what Paul said of himself. And still, he encourages us to consider six whatevers and two if theirs. They're tied into they're tied into truth, honor, justice, purity, love, and commendation, and connected to excellence and worthiness. And I'll come back to those in a little bit, but today, for today's outline, I'm going to have three points from this key scripture in fighting this battle. Something that'll give us an edge in fighting this spiritual battle. And the last time I was up here, it's been a while. I was trying to think of a letter to come up with, and I came up with the pirate's favorite letter, R. But today I came up with a letter that reminds me of something I do so much, especially in the middle of the night, the letter P. <laughs> I'm just making a little fun of myself right there a little bit. I'm not making agreements. I'm just making fun. So turn to your neighbor. 
A big idea is make no agreements. Turn to them and say, ponder and practice your way into his peaceful presence. Ponder and practice your way into his peaceful presence. Say it, don't spray it. A lot of peas in there. A lot of peas in there. So here's the first point, Apostle Paul. Paul starts with a P. He says, think about these things. Ponder. What does it mean? Yeah, well, he's going to say about the whatevers and the if there's, we'll consider that in a little bit. But what does he mean by ponder to think about? Have you ever thought about this guy right here? You're thinking about him now. You were thinking about lunch a while ago after church, a football game maybe. Now you're thinking about the thinker. Have you ever thought about this guy? You know, where do you think he's at? I found out, I learned that he's over at Grandwire Hall over in the University of Louisville, Kentucky, sitting out front of that building. But I also learned that he's in a museum over in what country? Germany. He's in France. Right? See what happened right there? You're thinking about the thinker. You learned something about the thinker. And that's what happens when we're pondering, thinking of something in particular. We end up learning. We end up getting a mental picture maybe, depending on what we're thinking about. So yes, ponder. Think about these things. Here's the second point Paul's making. He's saying practice. Practice these things. You know, in my mind when I think about practicing and and. The Apostle Paul, I just like, you know, what would Paul practice? If I saw Paul practicing in a physical manner, what would that look like? Well, I imagine him being like in a batter's cage and doing this number. Oh, you can hear the wind. Who, Paul, you got to swing. First you had us thinking, pondering. Now you had us practicing. Practice moves from thinking to doing. It takes us from thinking to doing. Paul came up with that Nike slogan, just do it. That's what I think. And we all know practice makes. I got another one. Pastor Pedro said the other day, Pastor Pedro, look at all those P's. He says practice makes progress. I like that. Going from thinking to doing to progressing. You know, our brains have neural pathways that make it easy for us to go from thinking to doing. And in those neural pathways, if we think it and do it repeatedly, it's almost automatic. I mean, who has to think about brushing their teeth? What about driving sometimes? Sometimes you can drive for like from your work to your house. And you're like, whoa, I'm already home. It's like automatic. That's because you've been doing it and over and over thinking about it. It's time to go home. Get in the car, drive. It's automatic. Neural pathways help us do that. Repeated thought, repeated action. You have a habit. And some habits are good. You can wake up every morning and do your devotional reading. It's like clockwork. You wake up, brush your teeth, get a cup of coffee, break out your little devotional. It's a good habit. Thinking, practicing, 
You have a neural pathway that's making it super easy to do this particular action over and over. But then we can have particular actions that are not so good, particular behaviors that are not so good. And because we do them repeatedly, sometimes we even wonder, why am I doing this? And then what makes it even more complicated when you have a particular habit that's not good, it'll turn into addiction. And addiction happens, especially when the repeated action, the repeated thought happens and releases dopamine, a neurotransmitter in your brain that gives you that, oh man, that feels good. Let me do that again. That's what makes an addiction hard to break, especially repeated, 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 release of dopamine over and over. You have habit that turns into an addiction and addictions can be hard to break. I speak of that because I had an addiction a while back, especially in my military days. Porn. That's not a good habit. Behaviors that go with that. Why am I doing this? Years back, I took a class right here at City Tribe. Many years ago, I took the Conquerors Tribe. Maybe some of you have heard of that tribe. I actually led that tribe several years later. I've led it a couple of years in a row. That tribe will help you rewire your brain. Paul talks about renewing our brains the way we think. And actually in that tribe, it says that it takes about three to five years to break an addiction. Porn is one of those. Three to five years. Consider this. Doing something for many, many, many years in your life. And then it's going to take a long time, especially if it's a bad habit, to break it, to renew your mind. So now, I tell the guys from the Conquerors Tribe that I did last two years ago or so, I tell them, you know what? The porn is still in here. I wish I could just erase it. I can choose to fantasize if I see a pretty woman. You can choose to fantasize, I tell these guys. But now, my mind is being changed over time. And I say, Lord, thank you for my sight. Thank you that you create beautiful people. That person, that woman, she's somebody's child. She's somebody's wife, somebody's mom. She's a child of God. And so renewing your mind after time to get you to break that habit, the neuroplasticity of your brain, it can have you do things that are automatic that are good, it can have you do things that are automatic that are bad. If you guys want to learn more, if anybody out there, there's actually been some women that have taken that class too. You guys want to learn more about that class called Conquerors? Go and talk to the Tribe Connect 10 outside after service. That's some incredibly brave men and women to choose to deal with that struggle. So yes, ponder. Ponder. What does ponder look like? Practice. What does practice look like? Your way into his peaceful presence. And that's our last point. Paul says, and the God of peace will be with you. Notice that it doesn't say, and you'll have peace. 
It says, and the God of peace will be with you. There's a big difference there. Pondering and practicing those good things, those truthful things, those things that are honorable, it's going to help you realize the presence of God. It's going to hit you like a ton of bricks, falls on you. God is right here. The God of peace. And because of that, we have peace. His presence. You know, his word says that he's our refuge and he's our strength. He's ever present, especially in times of trouble. And therefore, not to fear what Psalm 46 says. He's present right here, right now. He's present when you go home. He's with you in the battle. Thank you, Lord, for being with us in the battle. So what do we do? We make no agreements. How? Ponder and practice your way into his peaceful presence. How does Paul say? To think about whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. Don't forget the other. If there's, there's two of them. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Practice these things. Not negative, self-degrading talk in your head, allowing the enemy to get a little foothold in there. But to think about those things. Here's the deal. I am a very busy person. Ask my wife, Joe, you work too much. You guys are very busy. You work. You have your families, your homes, your bills. So much more. Your hobbies. We live busy lives. How in the world, Lord, am I supposed to stop every once in a while? Help me with that. And then there's a pastor up there encouraging me to memorize scripture, to internalize the word. I'm so busy. How am I supposed to remember all those six whatevers? Those two, if there's. Well, maybe, maybe it's easy for you. Maybe you get up every day, you get into the word, you memorize it, you internalize it. Maybe it's not. Regardless of where you're at, I want to tell you this. Ponder. Practice Jesus. Our number one thing right here is to know Jesus at City Tribe. Know Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is true. Jesus is honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and most worthy of praise. Jesus. You can't remember all those other things. Remember Ponder, practice Jesus. You guys know that I work as a hospice chaplain, like I said. I get to have some great conversations with people, families, and friends. 
And I get asked a lot, I get, Joe, how can you work hospice? But he's dying. And here's my answer. You know what? There is a lot of living in dying. Think about it. The person that can lose their lives that passed away, they continue living in the spiritual world. They're a believer with God in your heart. They continue living in your heart. They live in mine. You continue to live. Friends, family of the person that's dying continues to live. That's why, that's how I can serve in hospice. And I have some great conversations, man. Get to know them, how they met their spouse, where they've been in the world, what gives meaning to their lives, what's the most beautiful thing you've seen in all these years you've lived. I don't get to have that conversation with some that die too quickly or are not there mentally. But man, I get to have some great conversations, not only with them, but with their families. And here's the thing. Sometimes they'll talk to me about their fear, their faith, their struggle. And it freaks me out sometimes because I know I'm walking into a place where somebody's been, has in their identified as a Catholic, Protestant, Baptist, Methodist, have a little sheet that tells me what they, their faith beliefs are. I walk into their house. I see scripture on the wall. I see a crucifix. And they'll tell me, Joe, no chaplain. You know, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But I'm afraid. I'm afraid to die. I don't know. I wonder. It's going to happen to me. And I look, I point. I said, you believe in that man up there? He's not on that cross anymore. Yes. I believe in Jesus. But chaplain, you don't know. You don't know. I, I, I've not lived a good life. I've done some stuff in my life that I'm ashamed of. And it makes me wonder. And I say, I have done some stuff in my life that has not been good. But I don't wonder. I don't want you to wonder. And so I reassure them of their faith. That it's not about the things you've done or not done. It's about what's been done by Jesus. It's done. It's finished. He said it's finished. We forget that sometimes. Those patients I see sometimes out there that are believers forget that sometimes. And so I remind them, like, Chaplain, how can you be so sure? Well, I trust what's in the Bible. It says, those who believe in the name of Jesus can know they have eternal life. Look that up. It's in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. 
For those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's, there's a lot of scripture. I believe and trust the word of God. What about you? Where are you? Where are you in your walk? Do you know Jesus? My prayer is that you do. My prayer is that you do. Familia, make no agreements. I am going to convert those six whatevers and two. If there's, I'm going to make them opposite. Make no agreements with Satan by thinking false things about yourself and God. Make no agreements by dishonoring yourself and others. Make no agreements through injustice, thinking impure, hateful, reprehensible thoughts. Make no agreements to, with inferior and worthless things. Don't shake hands with the devil or his demons. Make no agreements. Make no agreements. Let's bow our heads and pray, guys. Father, I want to thank you so much, Father, for Jesus, for your word, Lord God. Help us to ultimately to know you more, Father, and to practice and think about you, Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, in this battle. Father, I speak against those thoughts that come into our heads Evict Satan from us, from our place, from our thoughts in the powerful name of Jesus. And Father, if there's anybody out there right now that has not come to faith in you, that has not put their trust in you, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit right now, whether they're watching online or here in person or see this podcast later, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would draw them to Jesus, that they would come to faith and know Jesus Christ. And all the familia at City Tribe said, Amen. Well, thank you guys for having me share a little bit of God's word with you guys today. Make no agreements, familia. Well, guys, just a couple of reminders. Uh, the ways we give are right there behind me on the screen. You know what? Because of your giving, we can have stuff like Art Fest that happened this last Friday. We had a good old time there. We can have city youth on Wednesdays have a service for the, for the junior and high school kids. And you know what? We can start new things like in the cafe next, next Sunday. We're going to start having kids church in there. Every service except the 830. That's going to be awesome for the kids to have a kids service next door. So because of your giving, we can do all those things. We've got all tribe training too. October the 21st, myself and some wellness champions are going to be talking about self-care. It's going to be on a Saturday. That's, all of that happens because of your generosity. So thank you so much for the way you give here at City Tribe. Also, if you need prayer, we have some prayer team members here. If you're struggling with thoughts that are not so good, you need prayer, come on up to the front after the service. They'll pray with you. Well, familia, y'all go ahead and stand up. I want to speak a benediction over you. And I want us to all declare again like we're in a fierce battle. Right? We're going to do it one word at a time again. I will not make a agreements. Ready? When I point to you, I will make 
No agreements. One more time. I will make no agreements. Ah, come on. Yeah, we're fighting. We're in this battle together, guys. I love you guys. Y'all have a beautiful Sunday. Y'all take care. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.